0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Bob. Happy. 2024. Year. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, I thought you didn't want to tell
1: people how far ahead we are.
0: You know, because I want to talk about something and it's not, it's going to seem weird. Uh, we are recording way ahead of schedule. Like, the week this comes out, we recorded that this, what, two weeks ago?
1: Yeah. Or something? Roundabouts. Uh,
0: we're recording I think this. we're
1: one episode ahead.
0: And we're, upset. Uh, we're still recording this before the new year. It's actually the day
1: before the new year. Some might call it New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Or New Year's, Year's Eve.
0: If you're, you know, into that. You shouldn't Eve. be. That movie sucks. <laughs> How was your Christmas? I haven't seen you since Christmas happened. It was fine. Okay. <laughs> I know everything interesting happened. Nope. Nothing crazy? No. Okay, so you know, Christmas as a kid is like really exciting because like you get toys, you get presents. Christmas as an adult, you know what I got that I was the most excited about? I already told you, I got a vacuum cleaner, and that yeah, was the best gift I've ever received in my life.
1: In, in your defense, you've been talking about getting a vacuum cleaner for Christmas all year. I have. You're right. It's the only thing I asked for. <laughs> I mean, might show more wrong with your inability to purchase yourself a vacuum no, cleaner. No, no, no. Uh,
0: because I have a vacuum in there. It
1: because just sucks. I distinctly remember like six months ago you going, I'll clean one day when I have a better vacuum cleaner. Because I have a dog that <laughs> sheds like a motherfucker.
0: I know. And my vacuum sucked. But it was well, I guess it didn't suck. That the was the The point
1: problem. of you being like, what, 23 and not yeah. buying yourself a vacuum cleaner? Yeah, they're expensive. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. So I
0: it off of my sister, and she bought me one for Christmas.
1: You know what I did when I needed a vacuum?
0: Don't don't say this.
1: I bought a nice vacuum.
0: Damn, that's crazy. I know. It's almost like you have...
1: We, we work at the same place, Bob. You make more money than
0: me now. I don't
1: think I do. You definitely do. I take I work less hours now.
0: No, you definitely... Ben? You definitely make more money than me right now. Oh. Let me put it that
1: way. Yeah. Well, damn.
0: I don't know. I guess it's just weird being an adult and going, yeah, the best thing I got for Christmas this year... Vacuum cleaner. I mean, that's fair. It's just strange, you know? Anyway, do you have anything you want to talk about before we get to the podcast? I mean, nothing horror, related, <laughs> not, You want to talk about what we were talking about before on the podcast? No, we don't have to. Because you, you dunked
1: on me for bringing up something non-horror related on the podcast. Yeah, we don't have to. We're not going to talk about it. I'll mention it because you brought it up. If anyone's curious, we were talking about Monster Hunter before the no, podcast. No, no, don't say we. Ben I was, was talking, talking about, about Monster Hunter. Hunter. Just, you know, that's, that's a thing. Anyways. We got a we got a podcast to do. Okay. So horror news. Horror news. I don't have any I have one thing. Oh. And it's not even news. What do you mean you don't have anything? Well,
0: I have one thing. I'm sorry. I, I lied. I have one thing. Oh, okay. And it's not even like news. It's just a cool article from Bloody Disgusting that I found that I want to talk about. Oh,
1: I thought it, it was you telling me that you picked your category already. <laughs> and you're not gonna wait till the last minute again. Actually to figure I, it I out. have. I already picked it. Oh, well, that's good.
0: Yeah. But it's one that you know I wanna do, so it's not like it's not a spoiler.
1: What am I going to tell you. Is it that thing where they take a bunch of little stories and combine them together? into?
0: No, like- it's not that one. I decided against that. It was one thing. Let me put it this way. I decided on this category at the convention and didn't know when I was going to pitch it, but I decided to pitch it next season. Fair enough. And it has to do with one of the panels that we were at.
1: Ah. Uh, yeah. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. I think I know what it is. Uh, yeah. So it'll be sick. It's cool. Is it the second coolest panel we were at? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has to do with that. Yeah, I know. Because I think
0: that was really cool. I know what he's choosing. So, you know, it's the end of the year. You'll be hearing this two weeks after the end of the year happened. So, whatever. (sighs) Or something like that. Something like that. You'll be hearing this after the new year occurs. But Bloody Disgusting put out a bunch of articles that was like, best horror movies of 2023 or whatever. And I just thought, I'm not looking at the best horror movies of 2023. I'm looking at the best hidden horror gems that you might have missed from 2023. I'm just going to run through this list. Let me know if you've seen these movies. If you have anything you want to say about them. If you haven't, I'll just mention them be like, hey, you should maybe check this out because Bloody Disgusting, a reputable news horror source, not us, of course, said these movies are pretty good and you should look into them. So this is kind of a cool little thing. Pollen. You heard of this one? No. I haven't either. It looks cool. It looks like something that would scare the pants off me just based on the pictures I'm seeing. Bees? Uh, (laughs) no. Old people.
1: Ah, Bob doesn't like old people. Yeah. Grieve. I think I've heard of that one.
0: It's like a weird like art house drama film that's scary. Loop track maybe. This one's a New Zealand film.
1: Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Every film we've watched from Australia and New Zealand has been pretty solid. I mean, it's a smaller community. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to put stuff out and people actually care unlike Hollywood where it's gotten to the point of just pumping out garbage. Oh, this is
0: a Nor- this is not a North Korea. A South Korean film. Uh, it's called, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry. Mori? Moroi? Video?
1: Oh. oh uh, y- <laughs> I know that one, but you are pronouncing it poorly. I'm don't.
0: i I'm just based off the spelling. I don't speak South Korean or Korean. <laughs> South <laughs> Korean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't speak. <laughs> I don't speak Korean.
1: Do you know how to pronounce it? Not without looking at the letters. But
0: M-A-R-U-I. I,
1: th- I don't know off the top of my head. That might be Marui.
0: I don't know. But it looks like it's very uh, what's the word of found footage? No, film.
1: I've I've heard of that one. I haven't watched it it's yet. It's
0: South Korean. So that's pretty cool. Carnifex, which sounds fucking awesome. Another Australian film. Australian eco-horror. That sounds awesome. We should well, that's watch just that
1: Blackwater movie. again.
0: No, well, no, that's this is okay. You amazing. eco-horror.
1: That's what that was.
0: Yeah. You heard of that that one? No. It looks cool. Play Dead, which I've not heard of.
1: No, a lot oh. of these are really small, so I haven't heard of them.
0: Yeah, this one was directed by the dude that did the My Bloody Valentine remake. Hmm. That's cool, which we haven't watched that yet, but I love the original. It's like one of my favorite slashers we watch on the podcast.
1: I'm not sure if you'll like the remake.
0: <laughs> this is just a cool movie title, Satanic Hispanics. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Ah, yeah, that's an interesting title.
0: Oh, okay. This looks like it's um, it's got a bunch of people that have worked on a bunch of really cool stuff.
1: Is this Satanic Hispanics? Yeah. Okay,
0: it's got people who worked on the Blair Witch project tied to it. People who did VHS are all tied to it. Which person? Uh, Gigi Saul Guerrero from VHS. It's v- specifically VHS eighty five, which I don't know which one that is. It's
1: one of the newer ones. I was yeah. gonna ask which person from uh, Blair Witch.
0: Uh, Eduardo Sanchez.
1: Oh yeah, that's he's one of the creators of Blair Witch. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I figured <laughs> he's Hispanic.
0: That's actually really awesome. That's a cool one.
1: Uh, we might hurt each other. I mean, we might do that, Bob. I hope not. This uh, bit's been going on for a while. <laughs> it's actually on Screenbox. So if you want to watch it, it's on Screenbox. I I have a screenbox subscription. I don't think I use it besides when I'm on here.
0: Yeah. Can I mean, I, that's can, fair.
1: Can I have a little rant right now? Sure. Screenbox sucks.
0: Does it? It's I don't think so. So
1: it's not the content. I think the content's pretty good because basically they took a bunch of stuff off Shudder mm-hmm. and then a bunch of stuff that was never on streaming and then combined it together. And so th- there's a bunch of pretty good content on there. There's also a lot of like really shitty B movies on there, which I love. The platform itself, the is, UI's garbage is not great. Mm. And it's not even like the UI, it's the fact that Every time I use Screenbox, I get logged out. Oh, that sucks. So every single time I try to use it, I have to log in again.
0: That's such a minor complaint, though. And
1: it's the most minor complaint ever, but it makes me go, I don't want to use your service at all. Because it's frustrating, especially because 90% of the time we watch it, like, on a thing that isn't my phone. Yeah. So I can't, like, do fill. Mm-hmm. i have to manually type it out no that's fair uh i think this is the no there's two more this one's
0: called sorry charlie is
1: that like good luck charlie uh but a horror mm, movie
0: no oh it's like a demonic baby oh god no it's like a demon movie i don't like no. that yeah that looks like a demonic possession film i don't i'm not i'm not a fan that scares me We we did that category a while ago i don't want to go back to that anytime soon the last one
1: is called... We didn't do Demonic Possession. <coughs> we did... Demons. Demons, yeah. But, Didn't you know. we do Demons? Yeah. We did Possessions. Oh, I guess we did Possession. We watched The, the Exorcist, Exorcist, The Exorcist by Emily Rose, and... We didn't do Demonic Possession or Demons. We just did Possession.
0: It's true. I don't know what the last one we watched was.
1: Emily Rose. The uh, Exorcist. The one with the old lady.
0: Oh, taping it up Logan. Yeah. Man, that movie's scary. Last one is Horror in the High Desert 2 Minerva, which looks like it is... Just, like, scary desert movie. Sweet. Yeah, it looks like... Yeah. No, that is scary. The desert is one... That's a cool idea for a category, the desert. Desert film? Dessert? Yes. Mm, cake. So, yeah, if you're interested in those films, they're, like, some horror gems that you might have missed from 2023 that Blade discussing put an article about. So, check them out. I just thought that was a cool little thing that we should talk about on the podcast.
1: Fair enough, I guess. I don't know. All right, well... I guess we should get to the actual podcast now, right? Yep. Since we haven't covered all our categories yet, I'll go over them again. Uh, we have my category, which was first this season, as it is every season. Not
0: every season. Most yeah,
1: seasons. My season's first, every time. It's how my notes work.
0: Oh, I thought you meant like I pick it first every time. Which no, I was like, usually you pick yours. Because I'm usually excited about
1: it. I know, but no, it's, it's left to right, so I start I with see. mine, then random. Then I
0: yours. misunderstood what you said.
1: My category... Was Catholic movies, mm. specifically like religious horror movies that are focused on Christianity and specifically Catholicism, if I can wing that around. We saw the Borderlands two yeah. episodes ago.
0: That's a good fucking movie.
1: A random, which was another suggestion for me. I think like two seasons ago it was or so. A while ago, yeah. Uh, was Universal Monster movies. We haven't watched any in there yet. We haven't covered that one yet. Wonder when we'll cover it. I wonder. But. We have covered a Universal monster film. Yeah, we watched before. Invisible Man last season. Invisible Man last season, so that was kind of timely. And then Bob's category uh, was witches. Yep, we watched The Craft. Good movie last time.
0: I like good that film. Movie. Uh,
1: weird category though, because like lots of films feature witchcraft and <sighs> witches. Ben,
0: I thought about something the other day, and reading that article made me realize something. What? You know what you could have you could have put in the witches, and if I pick it, I'll probably just start crying. <laughs> What? Blair Witch Project. Hadn't thought about it. I could, but I'm saving that. Really? Yeah. Thank God. Then I thought I was sitting on a landmine. I thought I fucked myself. I, I was like, I don't want to watch Blair Witch. I've heard it's like the scariest movie ever.
1: No. Basically, you either like that film or you don't. And then as an, a separate point, because those are, these are separate points. You either find that movie scary or boring. Okay. Like, I like that film, but I find it kind of boring.
0: Okay. You th- I assume you th- you think it'll scare me.
1: I mean, I think you tend to be more scared with sound footage Fair. as like a more experienced horror viewer than other genres because I think it gets you more into the film. Okay. And since you've never seen it before, I'm not sure how much you know about it. Very little. I'm sure it'll scare you. Okay. If you enjoy it. We can go get the. The VR Blair Witch game. Oh no! I've seen people play that game. My friend Jesse played it on his computer. We could bring it over for you. So scary! You that s-
0: game is so scary. A lot of fun.
1: We'll have we'll have a back to back. We'll have Alien Isolation, Blair Witch VR. I'm never
0: doing that. Like you don't understand how much I'll like actually fucking shit my pants.
1: I understand. I don't want to do it. That's why it's funny. It's not funny. <gasps> Anyways, yeah, those are categories. So yeah, what are you picking?
0: So I, I don't, every season, I usually start the season by going, picking one from every category, just starting the season so I can get a taste of everything so I can kind of figure out what I want to watch. I kind of want to just go back and do another, I don't want to watch Universal Monster movies yet. It's the last one I haven't picked yet, but like, the Catholic movie was really good. I had a lot of fun with the Witch movie, but I'm going to keep it up. I'm going to pick Universal Monsters because there's one Universal Monster movie that I'm excited to watch.
1: Which one is it? Wolfman. Why are you excited for Wolfman? I don't
0: know. That's just the one where I'm like, man, I want to watch that one. That seems cool. But
1: also, like, I've heard they're all good. (laughs) How mad would you be if I put Wolfman on here? But it was very specifically the remake. (laughs) That hasn't come out yet? No, there was one in, like, uh, the teens. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Or the early noughties. That's
0: also another good category, werewolves. I want to watch American Werewolf in London so bad. I've heard it's so good. Anyway. So I'm choosing Universal Monster Films because I need I need to – I have to watch something else because my only basis for what these films are is The Invisible Man, and that's probably skewed my view, so I'm excited to see what the differences are. Fair enough. If that makes sense. Because, like, The Invisible Man, he's not – he is a monster. He does horrific actions, right? But he's not, like, a classic monster in the sense of something like The Mummy or The Wolfman or The Creature from the Black Lagoon. So I'm choosing that one, and I'll go with spot number one. I don't know what's in there.
1: All right. Well, then we are going to be watching Frankenstein.
0: Oh, fuck yeah. I love that book. I the book is so good.
1: Oh, you've read it? Yeah, right in okay. high school. Well, came out in 1931. Oh, nice. So, this is a pre-code film, technically. Technically. Description. It's alive. <laughs> uh, it's an hour and 10 minutes long. It has a past rating. You know, technically we could have watched this last season. Yeah, we could have. We wanted I'm to. I'm kind of surprised we didn't actually. I wanted to avoid putting Universal Monster films on. Yeah,
0: I guess it was already in the random.
1: Yeah, because it was in the random, and I I knew what Universal Monster films I was choosing mm-hmm. for that category. But I was like, we gotta cover Invisible Man because I'm not choosing it. Sure, that makes sense. Anyways, IMDb gave it a 7.8 out of 10. Ooh, Tomato Meter gave it a 94. God damn, and an audience score of 87.
0: That's, I mean, it's a classic for a reason.
1: Yeah. For wins it has four and then three nominations. Uh, notable actors are Colin Clive as Henry Frankenstein. He played Stephen Orlay in Mad Love, Mae Clark as Elizabeth Lavenza, uh, she played Glenda Thomas in King of the Rocket Men, which is that movie, King of the Rocket Men. Yeah. Big inspiration for Rocketeer. Oh you're familiar with that? Vaguely. Uh, it's a it's one of those serializations mm-hmm. from, like, the early 40s or so. Yeah. But, yeah, the big, big inspiration for Rocketeer. The main character from it looks almost identical to Rocketeer. <laughs> John Bowles as Victor Moritz. Uh, he played Newland Archer in The Age of Innocence. Boris Karloff as The Monster. Uh, he played Hjalmar Polzig in The Black Cat. Oh. Which we almost watched last season. Oh, really? On uh, Pre-Code Films. Huh. If I couldn't find Mystery of the Wax Museum, Mm -hmm. we would have watched Black Cat or Dr. X.
0: Ooh, Dr. X sounds cool.
1: Yeah, a lot of people who worked on Mystery of the Wax Museum also worked on Dr. X. Oh, that's dope. It actually came up a bunch last season. Yeah, we talked about it quite a bit. I think there was someone... Who worked on Doctor X in I think every pre code film we watched? Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty famous. Pretty good. If you want to check it out, Edward Van Sloan as Dr. Waldman. Uh, he played Professor Von Helsing in Dracula's Daughter. Oh. Frederick Kerr as Baron Frankenstein. Uh, he played Lord Harry Melrose in Raffles. Dwight Fry as Fritz. Uh, He played Carl in Bride of Frankenstein, Lionel Belmore as Herr Vogel. He played Burgermeister Gustav Schoen in The Vampire Bat, Marilyn Harris as Little Maria. She played Roseanne as a child in A Wicked Woman. Uh, And then we have two uncredited people I'm going to mention just because they were pretty prolific actors. Michael Mark as Ludwig. He played Eric Zinthrop. In the Wasp Woman. That sounds awful. Which is like a classic 50s cheesy sci-fi monster movie. Wasp Woman? Yes. (gasps) Uh, Because that's what you want, right? Nope. That's not what I want. Wasp people. I'm
0: not into that at all.
1: Are you sure, Bob? Yes. I thought on your list of likes it was Wasp Women. No. God, no.
0: I don't like bugs. You think I want bug people? Mimic was enough for me.
1: Are you sure? Yes. Those were more like... I don't know, not roach women, Ugh. or I guess, yeah, I guess they were all mostly women. Roach yeah. praying mantis women. Ugh. Anyways, uh, last person's Francis Ford as uh Hans. Uh, he played Dan Tobin in The Quiet Man. He's kind of interesting because his brother, uh, John Ford, who's a pretty famous film director.
0: Nope, don't know.
1: He directed The Quiet Man. Oh, if you're interested. Interestingly enough, his. I was I was looking into it because I was like, John Ford, that name sounds familiar. And then I, I was reading up on it. Francis Ford started acting in Hollywood. And then he got his brother to come to Hollywood. Mm. And then his brother started directing. That's cool. Anyways, director James Whale. Uh, he also directed... The Invisible Man? Yes, very good. Nah. Um, I thought I recognized the name. You should. We talked about this last season.
0: Yeah, I know. But I was. it took me a second. I was like,
1: hold on. That was the movie where we talked about how he... He came on and then he left and then he came back and then yeah, writer. There's a couple. Uh, Garrett Fort. uh, He did the screenplay. He also wrote Dracula. Oh, same year. Other screenplay writers: Francis Edward Farrago, He also wrote Little Caesar. And then we have someone who has a credit for scenario editor.
0: What a what a title! I've never heard of this. It's a
1: weird title. I think that might be the modern equivalent of like a story by credit oh okay because he's editing like scenarios in the film okay no i I could see that so he's not like actually writing but i assume he's doing some story work but that is richard Scheer. he also did work on the mummy as a writer that makes sense yeah everyone you see in this world of early hollywood kind of it's connected especially when they're at the same studio Mm -hmm. it was such a smaller world than it is today You just see repeats over and over and over again. With that being said, there is apparently two uncredited contributors to the writing as well. There's Robert Flory, who wrote The Man Called Back, and John Russell, who was primarily an author. And uh, he actually has a couple stories that were adapted into films. For instance, uh, one of his stories, The Lost God, was adapted into The Sea God, 1930. Yeah, both of them have, like, I guess story by credits. Okay. But they're uncredited. The budget is estimated at $291,000. And I couldn't really find a very good box office that I was really confident in. Okay. But the closest number I could find that maybe seems accurate is about $12 million. God damn. This movie was the most profitable of, like, the horror movies that Universal let out that year. Makes sense. I mean, the most popular too, and it went up against Dracula. So, country of origins, United States, tagline, the man who made a monster.
0: Not a bad tagline.
1: No, I think that's a great tagline because it's Frankenstein and then right underneath that, the man who made a monster.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That's cool. No,
1: it's pretty good. As far as facts go, obviously we talked about this film being a commercial success. And because it was so popular, it spawned a bunch of sequels. Yeah,
0: I know there are a fuck ton of them.
1: And spinoffs. Mm-hmm. There is so many just egregious Universal Frankenstein films. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the reason Universal monster movies are considered like their own subgenre. Yeah. It's because it's not just like this handful of iconic features. It's this large collection of films that Universal pumped out in that same IP. But yeah, there's a bunch of Frankenstein ones. Bride of Frankenstein is obviously probably the most famous. Yeah,
0: it's like one of
1: your favorites, isn't it? It's it's really good. It's it's one of the few sequels for Universal Monster features that is pretty comparable. I believe it's the same director, too. That makes sense. Additionally, because this film was so popular, it had a lot of impacts on popular culture. I mean, yeah. Um, straight up, probably the most egregious of these impacts is the popularization of you know the mad scientist Mm -hmm. and his hunchbacked assistant yeah igor igor's not in this film he's in a different film ah okay the name is from a different sequel but the character is here they just changed his name Hmm. a lot in the movies yeah i mean frankenstein
0: is such an iconic like cultural thing because you there are so many movies that take this concept, like this base concept from this film, and do wacky wild things with it. Yeah.
1: I mean Reanimator. I mean Reanimator is just HP Lovecraft's Frankenstein.
0: Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like it just it's culturally mega important for the genre.
1: Yeah, and it's it's also really interesting to think of sometimes the fact that, you know, Frankenstein, the the novel, novella, however you want to view it, and like even Dracula really, really big nowadays Mm -hmm. as cultural concepts, but it's probably mostly due to the films. Yeah. You know? Even though the book is so good. They're really good and they're really famous, but they probably wouldn't have been as famous without these movies because people don't like reading, which is stupid. Read more books, people. Yeah, I love reading. Uh, Me too. Uh, Aside from that, another inspiration for this film, besides the books and stuff, it's believed that it was inspired by The Gollum, both the book and the three film adaptations. Oh, that's cool. Are you familiar with the Gollum? Uh vaguely. Jewish folklore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what um, I know about it.
1: From I believe Prague. But yeah.
0: Yes, I think it is. I think it is specifically Prague.
1: Mm-hmm. I think because,
0: so. Because uh b- 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 oh my god. Sorry, I'm digging deep into my lore. I don't right
1: know now. what you're looking at. I was just uh, going off the top of my head.
0: No. Cuz I I have a lot of Jewish friends. Do you? Yeah, well yeah. You're one of them, Ben. No, uh, but I was talking to Trent and Shane about this the other day, and Shane is Shane knows a lot of stuff.
1: Was he, he justifying the fact that any wizard that uses golems in D and D is Jewish?
0: Uh, that did come up. That was <laughs> that was a point he was making. <laughs> but he ah oh, he ah oh, he told me like the the origin story of it, and I can't for love me I can't remember all of it.
1: Yeah, I mean he's a protector. That's yeah, what basically. He did. Yeah, anti-Semitism abounds. That's basically how that story goes yeah, well, yeah but yeah the the golem's pretty famous from a film perspective because there's a book which is vaguely well known but then that book inspired three silent films way way back in like 1915 that's dope uh different years but like i think the earliest one was 1915 and they're part of i think the german expressionism movement oh. of silent films uh so very 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 early gone in like horror cinema and very interestingly, two of them are lost. Oh, it's damn. the first two. We so, only got the third one? Yeah, we only have the third one. So the Golem is lost. The second one was a comedy. And the only one we have is the third one. But the third one's a prequel to the first one. Oh. So it kind of works out.
0: So we know a little bit.
1: Yeah. It kind of sucks that we're missing two. But it's yeah. it's better than nothing. It's fair. Next thing, uh, Bella Lugosi. Was originally supposed to star in the film, but ended up working on other projects. How do I know who that is? Prior contract agreements.
0: I know that name. We've talked about Bela Lugosi on the podcast.
1: I mean, he's a pretty famous early actor, uh, but you might know him for a little-known film that came out in a very similar year. Some might even say the same year, known as uh, Dracula.
0: Oh, that's why I know who that is. okay. He's that makes ca- sense. he's Count Dracula. Yeah, okay, cool. That, I knew I knew the name, but I didn't know exactly what I knew them from.
1: But yeah, he had a uh, contract. Hmm, thanks. He was expected to work on another project, so he went and did that. It's unclear if he necessarily wanted to work on this film. Was he going to be Frankenstein's monster? Do you know? I think so. That's... So they
0: were going to do Bela Lugosi of Boris Karloff. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: it also might have been uh him as Frankenstein.
0: That would also be cool. Could you imagine them both? That's I awesome. was
1: I was getting some mixed sources there. Okay. So I wasn't sure. Same thing where I wasn't sure whether or not he was, like, super excited to do this film. Mm, some of the stuff okay. seemed like he wasn't really into doing, like, a Frankenstein's monster kind of thing. Okay. Because the original monster was a lot more murdery. <laughs> mm. I mean, he's pretty murdery in the book. Well, yeah, the book. Fun fact, there's a lot of electrical practical effects in this film that makes sense i mean let's be honest you haven't watched this film right no but you got a lot of vague cultural stuff from it like the mad scientist with yeah. all the like electrical doodads yeah, and flipping and stuff. the switch and the lightning strike yeah. on the castle that's yeah like, specifically inspired by this movie right yeah and all those electrical effects were designed by a man named kenneth strickfaden or strickfaden i'm gonna say strickfaden it's S-T-R-I-C-K-F-A-D-E-N. I'm going to say strict faded. But they were all done by him. Basically, an electrician, because it's all practical stuff. That's sick. And the effects are so notable in this movie, because they look really, really cool. That not only did they go on to inspire, you know, mad scientist aesthetic for... Generations. Generations. But they basically became a part of every subsequent Universal monster film in this franchise <laughs> that's awesome i mean all the mad scientist labs in the frankenstein franchise basically have the same random electrical two dads and stuff so he did a really good job of it and uh because he did such a good job a lot of fans of him or just like kind of that style usually refer to that style of like random electrical bullshit that doesn't make much sense but looks cool <laughs> as um strict fade-ins.
0: That's really funny.
1: Now, all of that's really fun and cool, but coolest thing is apparently Strickfaden managed to get a Tesla coil in his film. Whoa. So there's a Tesla coil in here, which, I mean, that's fine. They're really common nowadays. I mean, they're still sick as fuck. They're sick, right? They were not very common in in 1931? 1931. Yeah. In fact, basically only one guy had them, and so it's believed the... Tesla Coil in this film was from uh Nikola Tesla. They just borrowed it like Universal it. went, hey, can we have that for a minute? They might have bought it, but did they think it's built by Nikola Tesla? That's so cool. Oh, now this is where we get into some less than stellar stuff. Oh
0: my God, yeah, I can't believe you just brought me all the. W- I'm so excited to
1: watch this movie now you're like,
0: let's talk about how this movie is bad.
1: Oh, no, this is not about how this film is bad. No, 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 this is just like a depressing note in okay. general, okay. So this is a pre-code film. Yeah, sure. And like many pre-code films, when the code laws started being heavily enforced, you know, in like 1934, mm-hmm. there was a lot of reissues. Oh, God. Basically, the films were still showing because in theaters, because, you know, like having a TV and stuff wasn't super common. Yeah. So if you wanted to watch the movie again, they'd just rescreen it. Mm-hmm. And to show it with the new codes in place, a lot of films had to be censored. No way. And so this film was censored.
0: Don't you dare tell me. D- ben. I'm going to be so fucking mad. Very
1: interestingly, at the time, Universal had a practice of making cuts from the original camera negatives when they were doing censoring. <sighs> and so these cuts were usually lost because of, you know, this process. And the scene cut from this film uh, is a very, very famous scene. If you remember to ask me once the movie's over, I can tell you what scene got cut. I'm not going to tell you So now. you're
0: telling me we're not able to watch the original film?
1: You don't let me finish? Anyways, yeah, this segment was cut. It's really famous. Really, really notable and impactful. But potentially rather controversial. You'll know it because it's probably the most controversial thing in the movie. Um, but yeah, it was lost for 50 years roundabouts. Holy shit! Uh, and in the early 80s, they managed to find... Basically, a complete version of the film in the British National Film Archive. Thank God. And so they've subsequently added this scene back until all modern versions. Thank
0: God. I thought you were about to tell me we had to watch a scuffed version because the code loss came out and they just lost the rest of
1: it. That happens so much. That's There's, stupid. The Makes more me so angry. <laughs> At least for me, the more you learn about like lost media, the cooler it is. And also, the more infuriating... That would mean I would have been, I was
0: so excited to watch this movie. If you had told me that we were watching a scuffed version and there were no original copies of the film with the whole thing, I was gonna be
1: so mad. I mean, that's how Freaks was. I know.
0: I, I we hate lost that what, shit
1: 30 minutes, 30
0: minutes, and that movie's incredible.
1: Yeah, and then you know, before we move on, this film got added to the Library of Congress in 1991 Fuck for yeah. like you know, National Film Registry. Now, before we completely move on to like actually watching the movie. You know this is based on a book, yeah. Uh, Mary Shelley's 1818 novel Frankenstein, mm-hmm. or the Modern Prometheus. That's its full title.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it's Frankenstein semicolon or comma, the Modern Prometheus. With that being said, that's technically not what this film is based on. <laughs> oh, awesome! This film is—it's a very convoluted thing, but it's based on John L. Balderson's 1927 American adaptation of Peggy Wellbing's 1927 play version of Frankenstein.
0: Jesus fucking Christ. I was kind of expecting something kind of close to the move to the
1: book, but now I'm uh, that's out the window. I mean, it is based on the It's going to be book. vague, right? It's based on the novel, but I think when writing it they were inspired by the American version of the of the play, the British play. Yeah, cuz I it was kind of confusing looking into, but I think what ended up happening is Balderston changed a couple big scenes in mm. well, Weblings' play. Are we getting any of the boat stuff? Boat stuff? There's no boat stuff. What is a boat?
0: The stuff on the boat from the from the book? Are you thinking about Dracula,
1: Bob? Nope. I'm not. The, the uh, meter? Nope. Not, not then, talking uh, about that at all. Well, then there's no boat mentioned. No boat for you. No boat in this movie! That's some of my favorite parts of the book! No boat for you. Buck. Well, I'm excited about the book. We're just going to go watch it now.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: We'll be back in a minute.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Frankenstein. How'd you like it, Bob? It's good. I liked it. It was not
1: identical to the book.
0: No, not at all, and that was upsetting. I not upsetting. Um, uh, well, because you told me it was like based on a play, which was based on a
1: play, play, which, which was, was based, based on, on a book.
0: Yeah, but it was a whole thing. It's very removed from the source material in a lot of ways, but it's also vaguely similar. It's
1: removed uh, again. I haven't read the book. I think even longer. I have never read have. the book since high school. Yeah, I think it's been longer for me because I think I read it for fun in middle school. But yeah, it, it's it's definitely removed as far as I remember, but. It's very much streamlined. Yeah. Which I think is nice.
0: I guess my point is, it was not surprising in any story beats or anything that happened, but the coolness factor of it came from the fact that it is a film from 1931. So there's a lot of technical stuff that's really sick that you don't see nowadays that I really enjoyed.
1: So overall good experience? Yes. Okay. To be honest, I'm going to do the brief description here just because that's what we do. Yeah. I don't think we really need it. But, general story is there's a guy, his name's Henry Frankenstein, (laughs) not Victor Frankenstein. I'm not sure why that was changed. I don't know. Because we double checked. I was like, it's Victor Frankenstein, right? Yeah. It is Victor Frankenstein. But in the movie, it's Henry Frankenstein who makes the monster. But he does have a friend named Victor. Because yep. this is not confusing at all. Not at all. I wonder if there was an issue with, like...
0: Licensing or something?
1: Yeah, or maybe they cast the wrong person and they just switched them around. I have no idea. It it, it seems weird, but long story short, Frankenstein, Herr Frankenstein, because this is German, makes a monster. He brings it to life. Yeah. And uh, there's consequences. Yeah.
0: Turns out your actions have consequences. Yeah.
1: I mean, at this point, you all should know Frankenstein. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're going to be pretty loosey-goosey here with spoilers.
0: Because it's such a classic story. Yeah,
1: it's not just the fact that this movie is very famous and very old. It's the basis for a lot of cinema. So if you don't know the general points of this movie, I'd be surprised. Yeah. With that being said, I'm not sure how much we have to talk about this movie in particular. Mm -hmm. Not only the fact that, like, you know, a ton of people have talked about this in the past, but, I mean, honestly, as far as the story's concerned, it was pretty... It's what you expect. Yeah, it's exactly... There is nothing surprising in any of the story beats of this film. But it's very good. So, I think what we will probably be focusing on, if you're okay with it, is maybe some of the cinematography and effects and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: technical stuff, which I think is my favorite kind of stuff.
1: Right off the bat, the thing I want to bring up here, because... Uh, we talked about it before uh, we went to the movie section, is the deleted scene. Ah, yes. I told Bob about it when we saw it, but the deleted scene, because I didn't mention what it was specifically before the movie, is a sequence in which Frankenstein uh, murders a small child. Uh, murders is... Legally correct. Yeah, it's manslaughter.
0: He doesn't mean... He doesn't try... To, he's not intentionally killing her.
1: But well, he's probably not mentally culpable, so whatever. But, yeah, the scene that got cut for the re-release and was eventually lost for like 50 years, is the back end of the sequence where Frankenstein meets uh, Maria, this little girl. I don't know how old she is. I don't know. Somewhere in the range of probably like 5 to 10. 5 to 10, yeah. But they're having a nice little moment together, and that was kept in the the film. What is cut out is very specifically uh, they're throwing flowers into this pond, and the flowers float, and Frankenstein... (laughs) I think his thought process there is that he thinks she's gonna float, yeah, and so he picks her up and throws her in the water because it seems like fun, and she doesn't come back up, yeah, and he freaks out and he runs away. But that that specific sequence right there was what was cut. You can tell there's a little bit of a graininess to the film quality. Yeah, I really didn't notice it. That it's not super noticeable, but like if you, if you know it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's evident. But that was cut because of the obvious you can't murder children. Yeah. I do want to say it's one of the most confusing scenes for me in this film because they are on the very edge of this pond. It can't be that deep. Like she goes ka thunk when she hits the water. Yeah. So it's it's deeper than I think for like less than a foot away from the edge. No, I think um, they were a solid like three, four feet. It's still way too deep. You're right. So there's that, but also she probably could have just stood up. Unless probably. it's deep, deep. Yeah. Or just like floundered to the edge. Cause we can hear her at first in the yep. water. So it's it's one of my major gripes at the film. It's like it's a it's a very important scene to the movie and mm-hmm. I, I think it's a very emotional point, but it's like, how did she drown? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the dad found her and just pushed her under. Oh God, Ben. <laughs> uh. That way he could, like, walk through the streets, get his five seconds of fame, make her a martyr. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, morbid jokes aside, I think the big thing I want to focus on with the cinematography is how comparable it is to The Invisible Man. Same director. It's the same director. And a lot of the same techniques and stuff we talked about from a cinematographic standpoint in uh, that episode. Mm -hmm. If you're interested, go listen to that one. Shout out to ourselves. But a lot of stuff we talk about in that episode about the weirdness Mm -hmm. of early uh, cinema is in this film. I mean, this film's uh, what? A couple years older?
0: 1931?
1: Yeah. When was Invisible Man? 1933. Was it 33 or 32? 33. Okay. So two years older. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that carries over. Right off the bat, they are doing the whole thing where they zoom in on people's faces when they're trying to do emotional moments. Yeah. Because they don't have that framing thing of having conversations with both people in, like, frame. So that's a very distinct thing The note. But the one that really stood out to me, because they do it multiple times in this movie, but only once in The Invisible Man, which I think is Mm -hmm. very interesting because it shows progress as, like, styles changed, Mm -hmm. is... This whole thing where the camera moves through walls. They do it multiple times in this movie where the camera will be tracking a character and that character will go through a door into another room. And so the camera has to go through where a wall should be. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stand out as much as in The Invisible Man because, again, in The Invisible Man, they only do it once. They do it
0: once and it's very seamless.
1: But they do it a bunch this time. And I think you liked it.
0: No. So that's something I think it's really, really cool. Because I'm, I get why films do cuts. You know what I mean? Like films have to cut. Cuts are a part of the movie. They're a part of the cinema uh, movie experience. This everything in this movie feels so seamless and long, because all of the takes are it's one shot. It's because they just go through walls. If they're in a, if they're on the ground floor of a building, there will be no cut. It will just follow them the yeah. whole way. Super cool. Super awesome. I love it. I think it's such a cool technique.
1: Yeah, I also think it's kind of interesting because it affects the vague, I guess, architecture. Yeah. Because it makes everything feel a lot more big and open Mm -hmm. because our viewpoint doesn't change. Yeah. Anyways, it's a weird technique. It's awesome. It's a bit odd, but it is pretty um, cool from a stylistic perspective. Aside from that, I think the only other thing I really want to mention as far as techniques go is architecture. Looks pretty rad. Oh, it's so cool. It does feel very inspired by German expressionism.
0: It looks like Mystery of the Wax Museum. I wanted to bring that up.
1: That also feels like it's very inspired by they're German expressionism. Very similar,
0: like, weird angles, liminal space, just, like, massive open areas with, like, weird framing.
1: There's one scene where they're in uh the basement where they're keeping Oh, my God, it looks monster, insane. And there's just a hallway down miles, it looks like, just to a... Barred window, yeah. But yeah, it's a very distinct style, and again, very very German expressionist. So it'd be interesting when you go watch that stuff. Um, but like we said, this film's inspired by the Gollum, and that's also from that same movement. Mm-hmm. I can see where the architecture comes in.
0: Oh, the way the um the watchtower that the uh, Frankenstein builds the monster in is like designed is just so just like nonsensical bullshit. It's awesome. I
1: love it. I mean, all the insides of buildings we see look very custom like that. Yeah. I mean, there's basically only two buildings we go into. I mean, there's technically more than that, but yeah. there really is only two that we really get to experience. And it's this tower where Frankenstein resurrects his monster and the Frankenstein estate. And both of them have some weird angles and open spaces and stuff. It's just so cool. It's
0: it's so artistic and unreal yet so like gothic and it's like epic like there's something epic and grand about the architecture that i fucking love
1: yeah it, it just makes everything look really impressive yeah and also just custom built mm-hmm. which i think is a good transition into the fact that a lot of this movie appears to be done on sound stages yeah i mean obviously we we're talking about all this custom architecture and stuff and i was looking at it i i It looks like a lot of it was carved out of foam or something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of that sets. But they have some really, really interesting outdoor sequences. Oh, man. That are shot on sound stages. And they look very interesting because all of these sequences are done very particularly in areas where there's a lot of sky shown. Mm -hmm. But the sky is a painted backdrop. And it gives the movie a very weird appearance. Yeah. I think you described it. They do a shot like that in the very opening scene of this movie. <laughs> and what did you describe it as? Like so It looks
0: like a hellscape.
1: Like a hellscape? Yeah. Yeah. I. It looks very otherworldly. You know what it
0: looks like? Oh, my God. The end of – um. Uh, we watched it on Joe Bob's. What is it? The Beyond?
1: Yeah, vaguely because there is a painted backdrop in that. Yeah.
0: No, it looks just like the end of The Beyond where they're literally in hell.
1: But, yeah, it looks artificial and weird. Uh, but I, I do really like those I sequences. Love it. it looks really pretty, honestly. Because you have this very – they do a really good job of doing a natural-looking foreground, Mm -hmm. even with this artificial background. And it creates this really interesting dichotomy uh, that's visually impressive. Uh, With that being said, I think the last thing I want to talk about are then the practical effects. They're they're cool. They're cool. There's all those electrical gizmos, which – No, it's rad. Rad can't imagine how dangerous that is probably so dangerous (laughs) there is so many machines that are just shooting out electricity sparking sparking, wild but the major stunt in this film and the stuff that bob kept pointing out to me the whole time because he was cool didn't stop ever is there's a bunch of fire stuff yeah and again i think i had this point on mystery of the wax museum I think there was just less safety precautions. Oh, probably. And so when you just worked with fire, the director was like, hey, we're going to do a fire scene. Yeah. Deal with it. Here's some actual torches. Don't burn yourself. That's what this movie feels like because people are just running around with torches, swinging them at each other. Fighting
0: Uh, while torches are rolling around on the
1: ground next to them. And you can tell it's not as choreographed as a modern movie would be with those Very dangerous settings. No, it feels like the director just went, okay, here's a torch, fight. Very early on in the movie, I think his name's Fritz. Yeah. Not Igor. He's supposed to be, (laughs) in the modern sense, Igor, the the hunchback assistant, is being a dick to Frankenstein's monster. Just purposely just being mean because he can. And he's grabbed the torch and he's like prodding at the monster. And in the sequence, we can see the torch... He essentially prods uh, Boris Karloff so hard that parts of the torch, like, fly off Mm -hmm. and are just there for the rest of the scene. And they have to, like, kind of kid him aside so they don't, like, set anything on fire. because
0: they're in a, like, soundstage where there's probably wood and, like, dry material that could totally light
1: on fire. But the, the best sequence and the best example of, like, hey, this probably isn't very safe is at one point the guy who plays Henry Frankenstein and... The monster are having a fight sequence or more of a the monsters beating down Frankenstein kind of, you know, choking and the torch gets knocked out of Frankenstein's hands and then he gets accidentally thrown on it. Yeah. And I want to bring it up because it's it's very well acted. I mean, everyone stays in character, mm-hmm. but Frankenstein's actor very distinctly. We can see him like flinch. Move his leg and then try the, like, he, to, like, bump to the side. off to the side, yeah. Uh, while keeping the scene going. Just, just a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Dangerous. Dangerous fire stunts. Cool. It's dope. It's super cool. Aside from that, though, is there anything, like, particular you want to talk about? Because, I mean, this movie's good, but it's just kind of, like, what do you expect? Yeah. It's Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh,
0: they do some cool stuff with, like, editing and whatnot. There's some cool scenes where they, like, speed up footage or slow down footage to, like, Add effect, which is nice. It's cool. Yeah. There's one particular thing at the end that's really dope where they speed it up to make some...
1: Make stuff look more dangerous than it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is, I mean, I appreciated that. It's cool for 1931. I think the whole end of the movie where they're burning down the thing that Frankenstein's
1: in, super dope. It's a windmill. You can yeah. just say it.
0: I mean, they're burning down the windmill with Frankenstein's monster in it, and it's just like... it. I don't know how much of it is minis and how much of it is real.
1: Some of it is... Looks like green screen. Yeah. Where they've uh, green screened Boris Karloff in. Some of it is real fire with him in the, the shot. It all looks really good. Uh, There might be some miniature work there. I know earlier in that scene when they throw uh Henry off the building, that's a doll. That's a ragdoll, a ragdoll
0: yeah. Because you can see when he hits the windmill blade, it crumples.
1: I, I think I think the takeaway is there's not as many practical effects in this film as the Invisible Man. Yeah. The Invisible Man was like a marvel with the sheer amount. But there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done to have this film look the way it does and yeah they do it all pretty well
0: and i think with the invisible man in comparison you need all that stuff to make the film worth it
1: yeah you don't like, need much in this one
0: no because first of all we haven't talked about it boris khaloff does a fucking killer job as frank as the monster
1: yeah for something that is very unemotional and also only has emotion yeah he he pulls it off very He's, well
0: it's really like incredible like for a character that a doesn't speak you know, this has the exact opposite issue the Invisible Man had: no voice, only sight. But he's incredible. He's so good. Like I, I love the monster in this film. I think he's so impactful while not having any emo, like any words to be given. So nice. Same with uh, Henry Frankenstein, the guy that plays him. Really, really good job. Does a really awesome job of being maniacal, but not like.
1: Yeah. Evil? Honestly, I think everyone does a good job.
0: I mean, everyone does a good job, but those two are, like, my highlights Well, I, I think they're really great. I
1: think Bob's real highlight was Baron Frankenstein. Well, he was just funny. Henry Frankenstein's dad, who is the most old British man. <laughs> old kooky British man. Even though he's German. Yeah. Just very, like, over-the-top and crotchety. He's funny. It's fun. But, yeah, I don't think I have much else. There's some <sighs> weird sound stuff. Yeah. No. It's just because there's, like, a lot of people. Issues. It just there's a lot of people on screen mm-hmm. in some of the shots and you can tell like the camera almost can't handle it like the <laughs> yeah the sound but it's not an issue it's just very interesting. With that being said though, I guess do you want to do recommendations? If you haven't seen this film
0: and you're a fan of horror movies, this is, you know, it's a universal monster movies are classics for a reason. So I guess this is kind of like a fundamental watch. Like there's a lot of stuff in this film that other horror movies that you modern horror movies that you may have seen pull from. So it's it's kind of just like a back to basics film. I like it a lot. I think it's super fun. So if you want to get into horror movies and you're like kind of afraid of modern horror stuff, watch this movie. It's like a really good jumping off point. I think because it's it's very palatable. Nothing horrific really happens. It's just cool. If you've read the book, it's not really like the book, but it's cool. Feels weird that you haven't seen this movie if you've read the book though. I mean, sure. I mean, I'd never seen this movie and I'd read the book. You're a coward. (laughs) Fair. I mean, you're right. I am a
1: coward. But this movie's great. Yeah, there's not much. Yeah, there's not really a lot. Yeah. You know, same thing Bob said. Big one for me is if you're a fan of, like, Universal Monsters and you haven't seen Frankenstein somehow, you should cover it. It's probably one of the most famous Universal Monsters. But more to the point, Frankenstein's a classic story. Mm -hmm. It is the modern Prometheus as far as, like, cultural stories go. And while it's been redone a lot and you're not going to see anything like new or surprising, I think, in this film, if you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch just because of how famous and impactful and popular culture it is. At the very least, so you can be like, ah, I've seen this. So if you haven't, I'd recommend you check it out. That being said. That being said, what?
0: You didn't say it. Oh, my God. Okay, I guess I'll give it a rating.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to give into this joke. Fuck you.
0: Well, you always go, you want to. Ra- it's just, you know, it's just. I know, but
1: go ahead. <sighs> okay, Ben. Okay.
0: Look, I don't know if I want to give it a five.
1: But you're going to give it a five?
0: I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like, I like it a lot. I think it's super cool, and I think it's super fun. But, G- like G- we said at the start, it doesn't do anything super surprising in terms of story beats or, like,. It's just super classic.
1: That's not its fault, though. But that's that's my thing. That's because it's, that's everyone's not its fault. Everyone's copied it, and that's why I don't. I have to give it a five because at the end of the day, they made a film that is so good, so impactful that basically everyone went, "I'm gonna do that exact same thing." Yeah. No, it's... and
0: that's that's kind of where I'm sitting. Is like. I understand that this movie wasn't as impactful on me because it is already so culturally important that I knew exactly what yeah. to expect going in.
1: I mean, it's it's like Jaws, you know? Yeah. Where it's, it's a very good movie, but if you're watching it in the modern day, it's not surprising anymore because everyone's copied the formula. Exactly. So I think I have to give it a five. I have to. Okay. This like, is a
0: very good movie. I liked it a lot. I'm excited
1: for the rest of the category. All right. Well, uh, that's it then. Uh, we're going to go to the outtakes maybe if there's some. There will be something. But we'll be right back. Yeah. See you guys in a minute.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Frankenstein so far. I like this movie. I think it's super, super cool. But... Without further ado, let's get into the outtake section. This first clip is me realizing that maybe the movie is a little closer to the book than I thought. There is a little girl in the book.
1: What happens?
0: Uh, They become friends. That's sweet. Yeah.
1: Anything else happen?
0: I think it he kills her. Aw, <laughs> oh, shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good.
0: <sighs> everybody welcome back i hope you enjoyed the outtakes do we have any announcements ben
1: no Ah, (laughs) great
0: uh
1: so you know usual stick check us out next week wherever you get your podcast spotify apple podcast other places we're also on youtube which while not the most convenient place to watch a podcast because you know we're audio only and youtube can sometimes be weird about not looking at the video it's got some kind of handy tools there's a search bar so you can search maybe like a specific movie if you want to see if we reviewed it there's also a bell button which will notify you whenever we post new content in case we maybe surprise you with something but the big draw of youtube is a you could show us some support there with your likes and subscriptions that makes us feel good the other thing that's really cool about youtube is it's one of the two main places you can communicate with us that you can do that in the comment section of a specific video or you can go over to Twitter, at Beware the Board, and go groan at Bob. Groan. Maybe uh, bring his feed to life.
0: Ooh, that was a good one. That,
1: you know what, I appreciate that one.
0: Sometimes they make me upset. but That was a good one. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it goes on our Twitter On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's episode, which is a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can watch the episode, the episode, the movie, before we do. So that whenever you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers and we're being really vague about stuff. You kind of know what we're talking about. Then on Fridays, or whenever the episode goes live, I post a link to the episode with maybe a meme. Ben, is there going to be a meme this week? Yeah. God damn you. I just thought I'd ask. I don't know. But yeah, so if you ever miss an upload... I want to know when something went up. There's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, check us out on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. at where the board. We do short form content over there. I haven't made one in a minute. They're kind of hard to make sometimes. But yeah, if you're into short form content and like the show, check us out there. at where the board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. Benjamin, I think that's it. See you next time. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time.